Richard Cloutier with the you this Friday on evening. CJOB Veteran journalist with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. Matthew Fisher joins us now on 680 CJOB. Matt, great to talk to you. We haven't talked in a few years, but you have talked with a lot of our 680 CJOB colleagues, and um, you've got the pulse on what's going on, especially with the Canadian military. What are your sources telling you as this goes forward with trying to protect Canadians from coast to coast to coast? What's going to be the role of the military? Well, it's up to the federal government, of course, to decide what that role will be. And they have issued no orders yet to the Canadian forces, but they always have plans for the military. And in this case, they have a huge number of plans. Uh, what it's like, I guess, is a buffet uh, table. Uh, they'll give the government a great number of choices for things they could do to assist. And the federal government, the Minister of Public Safety, Christian Freeland, the Deputy Prime Minister, who runs the uh, Cabinet uh, Committee on the Coronavirus, uh, they will see what their needs are, what other government departments are doing, and then ask the military for specifics. But uh, I did get a sense from a number of conversations with senior officers over the last 24 hours about uh, the options that are there and the expectation that some of them at least will be acted upon. A big one is to assist remote Indigenous communities in the Canadian North. Uh, if they get into health problems or if there's problems with their critical infrastructure because nobody can get in to repair generators, for example, to make the electricity work. Uh, the, the forces will also be looking at protecting critical military infrastructure uh, in the north. Uh, they are uh, preparing plans so that if asked, they could come in and assist police and also assist prison guards uh, in, uh, through Corrections Canada. That apparently might happen, but only if a lot of police officers and prison uh, guards fall ill and then the Canadian forces could assist. The Canadian uh, military, though, Richard, have a whole lot of other things they have to do all the time anyway, and they will continue. For example, uh, they have to keep fighter jets on alert in the Arctic and near the Arctic because of what Russia might do. And in fact, in the last week, Russia sent bombers and sent supersonic, uh, uh, or rather subsonic, but reconnaissance aircraft up on the margins of Canadian airspace, and they had to be intercepted. The military is also responsible for search and rescue in Canada. They're responsible for responding to uh, forest fires, uh, for flooding. Apparently, Lake Ontario this year is very high, and it's anticipated there could be flooding there. So the military have those normal duties, and then they have their operations that continue. We have troops in Latvia, in Ukraine, and in Iraq, about a thousand of them, and just about all of them are staying put and carrying out their duties. So there are a lot of things going on. They've got to get the snowbirds home from Florida, where they've been training. One would think their program's going to be cancelled this year, but they've been down there. We also have two Royal Canadian Navy ships off the coast of West Africa on a humanitarian mission, and I understand those ships have been ordered to come home. Uh, so that gives you a bit of a taste for what they're looking at, as well as supplying tents, uh, being prepared to step in to build field hospitals if required, uh, to help uh, hospitals with 
hazmat material for medical staff to wear, uh, masks, things like that. And uh, then we have a couple of ships that could assist uh, if the federal government wants them to in terms of providing some hospital capacity. We don't have hospital ships like they have in the United States, one that's going to the Pacific and the other the Atlantic coast outside of New York, though, do we? We do not. Uh, One of the problems with the Canadian forces, Richard, is that for so long they have been starved of funds. So they don't have the kind of capability a country the size of Canada should have. And it really shows at a time like this. We don't, for example, have a large medical cadre that can assist civilians. The ones we have are are actually not enough to cover all the 68,000 members of the Canadian military. Regarding ships, uh, we have one asset that has hospitals. Uh, hospital beds, and that is the MV Asterisk. That's the very controversial logistics ship that the Canadian military has. It's been tied up probably for political reasons, but not to go into that tonight, but in Halifax, it has a word for 100 patients. It also has a surgery. It has a full dental suite. Uh, it has enough space on the ship that you could probably put in another 100 or 200 hospital beds It has accommodation for medical staff, up to about 80 people, and it has a cafeteria and a kitchen that can produce about four or 500 meals a day, has a big generator capacity, and uh, the military says there's no consideration of it being deployed. But if things get really rough, there will be some hospital somewhere that will need probably a few hundred extra beds, and the kind of care they could provide wouldn't be to coronavirus patients, but it would be to other patients who have critical health care needs that uh, the, hotel, uh, the hospitals being swamped uh, with coronavirus can't help them with. That's where that hospital ship, it's not a hospital ship, it's a logistics ship with a hospital capability, could be called in. But no, nothing. I've been on the U.S. hospital ships. They are unbelievable in terms of what they have there. So many, I, I think it's about 8 or 10 or 12 uh, surgical suites. Uh, they can accommodate a thousand uh, patients at a time. Uh, they have all kinds of intensive care uh, capability. Uh, it really is phenomenal. No military in the world has that, although the Chinese are trying to develop it. Canada has a much more ma- modest capability, but we do have a bit of capability. With Matthew Fisher. Last question. I do get the sense from some of my military contacts that if necessary, they could be used to fortify the Canada-US border, essentially because we're saying no to asylum seekers. What are your sources telling you? I do know that there's an expectation the RCMP will be stretched. Uh, The depot in Regina where the training is conducted for new recruits, uh, that has been uh, uh, closed. Uh, and the people who work there, the RCMP officers who work there, have told, uh, told me that it is very likely they will be assigned to other duties. The Canadian military will fill in wherever they can. Their first priority is to take care of their own critical duties that I mentioned uh, before. But if it's police, if it's, uh, if it's uh, our prisons, 
You know, we have 40,000 prisoners in Canada, and already coronavirus is in one or two of our prisons, and you have prisons in Manitoba. Uh, That could be a real problem. And the border, you're quite right. It's not so much that we can't control the border with the people we have. The problem comes when a lot of those people fall ill and can't go to work and are under uh, quarantine, I mean legal quarantine, then what do you do? Well, the the Canadian forces uh, are there as uh, a last resort that can be drawn on by the government. That that kind of thing probably is a fair bit down the road, and gosh, I hope we don't get there. But yes, you're right about the border, too, uh, as well as the prisons and assisting police forces. Global News is Matthew Fisher. The News on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham.